I'm Neil Wilkins, and welcome to The Mindful Living Show. I love your background, though. That's a real scene setter. There's little stories going on behind there, definitely. Oh, it's the same as in my room. It's full of musical instruments. I've got a full studio in here. Oh, nice. uh, And everything has a story from from my past. So yeah, I've just um, I've got a lot of boys' toys. So my my front room is not very girly at all, actually. <laughs> <laughs> but it's all fun, and where there's a story, there's something of interest, isn't there? It's great. Oh yeah, always. It's it's going to be so so different, isn't it? And I know you know you and I have both been sort of you know talking about this and sort of sharing and exploring you know for years and years. But it kind of feels like now is that perfect storm. Now is that moment where it's going to become real. Yeah, I feel excited because. Um, I was saying on my radio show a a lot to people, what we need is to just stop, stop all the fighting, just stop and rest and relax for a minute because nobody can breathe and the world is just like spinning out of control. That's how it feels in the head. And I just thought, please just stop. And even so when, when the coronavirus hit, there was a part of me that was like, (sighs) breathe, because everybody has just stopped. And And I think if you're looking on a positive level, I think that's brilliant, because I used to think we work too hard. We don't find time to use our brain or um, develop ideas that we might have. I used to cry out, where are all our geniuses? How well, how do we know if we've got them working 24 seven, nobody's actually out there playing and experimenting with stuff and finding their talents and yeah, just being free to be themselves. So I find this time, especially for creative people, um, a really exciting time. Some of them might be having a bit of an issue though, I think psychologically right now. Yeah, I mean, I'm certainly seeing sort of people almost going into kind of two camps, the one camp where they're really embracing it. And as you say, doing what um, they probably should be doing, which is kind of taking that little breather and just figuring out, OK, where am I going with this whole thing? You know, what is this thing going to be going forward? What 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 is my life? What is my ikigai? What is my purpose? And then the other camp who were just, oh, I can't wait to get back to work and, you know, frenetically kind of searching for that kind of old world. You, feel, you just feel, no, 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 slow down, stop, because this is that. That one pause that one moment where collectively probably in a number of generations this is the only time you're going to get a chance to do this so yeah. you don't miss that moment and I, I think I think that's really really special and so I am joined today by somebody who probably for many of you needs no introduction at all, a lady who has created some incredible waves on the music scene, working with a whole host of famous global artists, including the likes of Prince. Um, the lady in question is Ms. Kizzy Morell, who joins me here today. It's good to be with you. How are you? I'm doing very well, thank you. And it's really great to catch up. It's been way too long. It has. Uh, we've been talking a little bit beforehand about what's been going on in the world. Shall we, shall we sort of broaden 
on that horizon? Abs absolutely, yeah. And I'm really sort of keen and re really interested. Um, obviously, in, in more kind of recent years, I, I gave you the big sort of build up about your uh, sort of music career um, without going into too much detail, which you can, of course, if you wish to. Um, but really, in more sort of recent years, kind of coupled with the um, sort of radio presentation and stuff that you do as a radio presenter, you've been working a lot with the kind of emerging generation of, of music talent, um, particularly kind of in and around Bristol. And I think that's certainly one of the areas and one of the places I want to explore um, through the, um, the organisation that you, you founded. And I think um, certainly through Studio 7, you've been doing some amazing work. So I kind of want ultimately to kind of guide you in that direction and get to that point. But um, as you say, we, we've been talking about a whole host of you know interesting stuff that's going on right now. I mean, for, from your perspective, what, what's your kind of current take on what people really should be doing kind of almost like spiritually and holistically to get the most out of this time? I think that um, spiritually we're going through a change. I think the whole universe is going through a change in, in, in itself. And I think spiritually, because of this lockdown, our minds have been able to open more and look around. And I think the first thing is about self looking into self and maybe you start healing that inner child because I've spent some times in real fear and crying and screaming and not knowing who I am, where I belong, what I'm going to do next. Who am I? And as an artist, it's even worse because you're, you're used to an audience and you're used to people I hate using the word, but worshipping you, being, being involved in your life all the time. So as an artist, um, it, it's, it's, for some of them, it's a little bit different. They will go down a slippery slope and then they'll start to rebuild themselves. And that's the point where we all need to get to is that rebuilding is, is throw away the fear of what we're about to lose and actually embrace the future because the future is literally ours. To, to, to create and I think I'm hoping that a lot of people now understand that and especially um, I see a, a lot of um, creative people starting to come up with new even businesses actually come up with new ideas of delivering things and they have to um, connect with that, that creative process rather than that logical practical process. Because I don't think the world is logical and practical. In fact, we live in complete chaos. And when you try to hold that chaos together in a nice, neat pile, eventually it's going to go, and then we have to clean it up again. So I think we go through cycles of changes. And uh, I think it's important for us as people to to look inside, I started um, doing meditation on the inner child, facing some of my own um, fears and tribulations of being raped and abused and all that nasty stuff. Hence one of the reasons why I love working with children and embracing them and bringing them into a sense of love and unity where they want to be creative. Um, and for me, that works. It works with the kids. But as self, it's hard facing that child because we ignore it a lot of the time. The inner child that's crying, I don't like this world. I don't like it. I don't like this job. And the big the adult is saying in your head, well, we've got to do this job because we've got to pay the bills and we've got to do this. And the child in you, but I want to be free. <laughs> I've got things to say. So um, 
it took me a while to, to, to sort of get into my own head and understand who I was from a, 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 a spiritual perspective and as a human perspective, because I am not this body that I walk around in. I am who I perceive myself to be. And I think that's important to understand. And my memories took me way back to um, abuses and negligence and family situations. And then there was like a change where I started remembering really good stuff started coming up in my memory. And then I, I felt compelled to ring people and ask people for their forgiveness and you know if I've hurt you and all that so I think it's been the time for cleansing for, for a lot of people and I, I like that I, I like that aspect of it um the dying side I'm not afraid to die now I don't, I'm not I think it's I, I I think people misunderstand what it means um death because we don't know anything about it but I'm, I'm not um afraid and um I think all the people that that pass on their energy is still with us in the, our memories and in our hearts and uh, we can keep those memories alive and i think as long as people realize that there actually is a spirit con spiritual connection between you i and everything else around us i think that will help ground us more rather than just listening to the status quo just listening to and another person, everybody has an opinion. Even I have an opinion. You don't have to listen to what I say or believe what I say, but I have an opinion. So allow me to speak. And from that, you can pick out what you want to pick and you form your own opinion and you create your own reality around that scenario. And that's how I think as individuals, we build and grow. And then when you meet somebody and you get that zing and you know that you click with them, then that's because the energies are right, you can come together. And you, I, I think in this, this kind of environment, we've learned, we've learned this. And I see this with the kids when I'm working with them, um, when I'm training them on the vocal and the performance side, there's a lot of barriers you have to break through in order to get them to that stage of confidence where it's about getting people to the stage where I don't care anymore, I'm just going to do it do it be free be free just do it um i think we're held in fear by society and the rules because i think the people at the top like to believe that fear can control us and it does unfortunately but i think people are becoming wise to it so i think they need a new plan personally <laughs> something interesting about the word that you used there when you when you talked about the word worship because that was a really interesting word because the way that you were kind of sort of defining it, i guess in in the pre-covid situation this whole idea of kind of ego and celebrity and almost kind of building a persona around kind of how people perceive you and, and it's kind of the number of followers means that you win the amount in your bank balance means that you're winning you know the, that kind of adoration means that you're successful whereas i think what you're describing here is kind of like an opportunity going forward of almost kind of redefining that and i i really liked the way you talked about that kind of identifying with your almost like your child self that kind of innocent authentic almost like 
pure entity that you are rather than just this way that you kind of perceive success in the world feels like it's a much more i'm going to use the word wholesome but a much more wholesome kind of view that we've got this opportunity to kind of almost like reinvent ourselves yes it's it's organic i think it's more organic that we're more in tune with what's what's going on around us i think we can afford to take a, a, a slower pace. I mean, people grow old so fast because they, I, I'm the eldest, I'm 57, I'm the eldest in my family and I look the youngest and I worry the least and I play the most and I'm the most mischievous person on the planet. As you know, I do like to get into trouble, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I love a good uniform and, um, yeah i'm just playful i'm my i'm just childlike and i don't i try and stay away or i have warning signals or i have people around me that 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 feel like i do or are protective towards me and keep me away from those negative things because they know how i am um the the situation as an as an artist is is a, a lot of young artists don't realize that they are put on that pedestal and they are put on that worship thing you do become godlike and i know it sounds um grandiose and everything but when you're on stage in front of fifty thousand people you are their god at that time they're worshiping you they're with you at that moment so i've always held a thing in my heart as an artist we have got um, a priority um it's almost a duty to pass on positive vibes, to pass on good feelings, to pass on good communication instead of all the hate and the violence that, that people spew out sometimes. If you want to express yourself, do it, do it in your bedroom. But when we give it to the public, let's give them something that we can rise to, that, that elevates us, that moves us. We know that frequencies change things. I mean, whether you believe in God or not, in the Bible, he, he created the, the world by his word. Words are spells when words are important, you know? And I think either in songwriting or when we're talking to people generally, we should be conscious about what we say. And it all fits into, I think, this new way of being. Because if you understand yourself, then you understand other people, more or less. Or it gives you a gateway to be able to understand other people. If you understand yourself, you become a bit more compassionate about the child that's hurting. You remember that you you become aggressive because something happened in your past but now you can deal with that because you know why your behavior is is in this sort of way. i know i'm jumping around a bit but i think it all links and like music i think life is a massive symphony i i i do i just think life is a massive symphony that we're playing and and we are the orchestras of, of our destiny i think by what we think, what we do, what we say, who we meet, um, we are in we are in control. And a lot of the time, we're told we're not, and a lot of the time, we're told we're rubbish and useless and hopeless. That is not true, people. If you're listening, it is not true, especially the women. I need the women to get tough. Remember, you give birth to life. You bring life into the world. So, yeah. 
<laughs> you haven't stopped me, Neil. You know, it's a dingus. I'm not going to be stopping you through this conversation. When Kizzy talks, Kizzy talks, because there's always going to be something in there. I know you too well to know that that's going to happen. <laughs> so what I want to do is talk a little bit and sort of build a little bit on this, this thing about the engagement sort of style that you have when you're obviously talking and coaching both women and also sort of children and young adults. The Studio 7 project, which obviously has been a you know, real kind of passion for you sort of over many, many years, um, it's been such a huge thing for you and, and rightly so. It feels like it's so, so much more than what people might expect, which would be, okay, she's going to do some vocal coaching. She's going to sort of, you know, show me a bit about her knowledge and wisdom about the industry. And that's kind of what I'm going to get. This feels already like it is so much more holistic than that, so much bigger. It is, but what I'm not good at is explaining in written words, hence why we've never had any funding. But passionately, it is. It's about singing to me is um, a spiritual thing. When I'm on stage and I'm singing a song, no, I remember one particular session. I was um, in a place in Bristol playing with Colin Smith. He was playing on the piano. And then he was playing something in a completely different key, which I hadn't practiced. So I had to trust myself because I was in the middle of the performance. I couldn't stop and go, ah, what are you doing? I could have, but that wouldn't have been professional. So um, I, just, I, I just closed my eyes and just felt it and just went, went with the flow. And it was next to being close to God than I can I can actually say and I know other musicians know what I what I mean there's a feeling when you're in a song and it's just everything is perfect at that moment and when you open your eyes when I opened my eyes it was like where am I for a second it, it's it's bizarre and with, with the kids I I want them to um no I want people to understand that music is more than just dots and notes and sounds it it, it, it has a meaning it, it, it's it's a language and if we get the language right it can change the way we are it can change our behavior and with the kids i've had kids from quite disturbing backgrounds and a lot of children from disturbing backgrounds but with 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 music it kind of opens up a door, one, for them to express themselves, two, to find their confidence. Um, because even with rich businessmen, I've, I've, I've <laughs> had sessions with them. I've got one on the boil at the moment, it's a multimillionaire, and he's good at everything. So I said, um, and uh, I said to him, well, I've got a task for you. I want you to learn the song Fever. And immediately he started panicking. And I said, you see that panicking you're feeling? This is what all the kids feel like the minute I ask them to perform for me. This is the process they go through. There's a fear, there's a barrier. I can't sing, everybody hates my voice, everybody hates me. So you, as the teacher, have, have to be compassionate and loving to be able to open the doors and build that, then pull down those barriers. I've been to many singing schools where the teachers just shout and scream at you because you get a note wrong or you've you've got to do this right or you and and it doesn't work i don't think it works so i tried a different approach which was a more nurturing 
approach and I know it works I've worked with schools I, I've, I've worked as you know I've worked with thousands of children and, and I know that my joy is when I actually see them on stage doing their thing I had one girl who had um who'd been raped and abused and we had a big gig the night before and I said to her don't do it it's, it's okay if you don't she says no I want to so I got on stage I didn't say anything but she blew everybody away Neil she was amazing all the anger and the energy just went into that song came out of her little mouth and the audience just stood up and all the, even I can feel it now it was just magical and afterwards we got backstage and she just fell apart and just started crying and she said you know how good I feel right now Kizzy oh I love you so much so it it is more than just getting up there and, and, and singing and as a as a as a coach I feel very 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 honored for those young people and those teenagers to allow me in their heads and I think a lot of the time it's because I'm a child myself as well and what happens is uh, there ends up a reverse role so they end up looking after me so they become the adults I am the child because they're always telling me off and grounding me and I think even with an adult coming down to their level or even slightly below it's, it's a bit of fun you know people don't have fun these days with with kids they forget what it's like to be a teenager and you know that teenagers are going through this psychological process where all their hormones and 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 the, the 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 nerves are reconnecting they're, they're growing into adults so they're naturally going through this conflict we don't talk about it but they're going through their own form of of psychosis or depression or whatever you want to call it but it's it's taken them from the child to the adult and for some reason the human race has forgotten about that i've talked about kids about nobody mentions that apart from the science papers actually the reason why the kids do this is because blah 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 or they actually do need 24 hours of sleep because they, they, their bodies are physically changing in front of them and that's why some of them go a bit loopy and, and I think teachers and educators need to be more aware of the person not just the lesson they're providing but the person and how the person absorbs that information as well I mean that you, you have to get to know the artist or, or, or even your students I've um, seen many many cases in schools where the teachers just completely ignore the students and you can see that they, they, they're, uh, they, they want the attention and they've got something to give and if the teacher ignores them that's, that's that's detrimental to the child but then you think well how can we watch it i'm particularly interested in in this thing about the way that you kind of sort of describing the almost like the engagement with music it feels now to me like the way that you're using music is almost like the music is a tool and actually what you're working with is something a lot deeper energy flow i think you know whatever words you'd want to use to describe it but it feels like the music is that's just the the key it's just the instrument it's just the vocal piece of the puzzle but actually what you're playing with here is something fund much more fundamental than that is, is that am i right in that 
Yeah, absolutely. Because if you think about how frequencies work, for example, an opera singer, this is just a simple example. If an opera singer hits top C, what happens? The glass will, will, will break. The glass will break. Why? Because the, the frequency um, of the glass or, or the voice, the vibration of the voice matches the frequency of the glass and they become the same bang. And we can do that with our voices. If you're, if you're, for example, in a concert or a gospel concert, for example, and they're using the right harmonies, the right harmonies, that will move you, that will shift you, that will change you, and you can't escape it because it's a natural form. The, 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 the voice will change whatever's around it. And I do believe that. And so I believe that if we're singing positive music in positive frequencies, positive codes, then I'm not saying we're, we're like gods, but we can help change the world we live in. We, if we understand that everything is made up of sound and frequency, then we know we can manipulate it in a positive way. Um, I had an experience where I went to a conference um, and there was some flowers. And the woman said, I'm going to do a duet with the flowers. And you're like, yeah, right. All right. Yeah, okay. <laughs> God. Neil, I cried. I cried like a baby. They can hear us. Plants can respond. And this woman, she, she, she put on um, these sensors onto the, the plant itself. She started singing and the plant copied her. And then something else happened that actually distressed me, turned me the other way. Um, this was a few years ago. So people now are realizing that plants can do this. And I saw another exhibition where they were actually hurting the plant. That, I wasn't happy with that. I really wasn't. I had to say something. Um, and she just laughed. I said, do you realize you're hurting it? Can you hear it screaming? <laughs> so funny. No, is it? So it just goes to show that, that everything around us is, is alive and we should have some consideration for that. And we can do that through music. Music is the oldest, I don't know, the, the sound is the oldest celebration of life ever. And we as artists have a, 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 a privilege to put that forward, whether in a performance or whether we're coaching somebody, that's amazing. We have a gift that we can use to change the world. The, the music is the most famous common denominator for, for bringing peace, for bringing unity, for, for bringing people together. And I think if a lot more focus was put on that, I think people would find that there's a lot more to this than just meets the eye. And, I see it, but I'm not a scientist. I understand it, but I can't write about it because I don't have the right words. Even trying to explain it to you is, is difficult because for me, it's a feeling. I, I, I'm a feeler, I'm, I'm, I'm an empath. I'm not logical and practical. So I can't give you figures and numbers, but I can feel it. And uh, yeah. Mm, so there's a, there's a real responsibility in there then, isn't there? Both for the 
the artist or the musician and the the listener as well because it's almost like there's a little bit of a dance going on here is that you what, yeah. as a listener or as a consumer of music you need to be kind of almost like trying to seek out and align yourself with the frequency as you've described it of the music that's appropriate for kind of where you're looking to go in your life and your world so that you then feel aligned with the artist and of course then the artist or the musician then has the responsibility in the other direction to kind of give you what you need in a really positive way is that kind of how it's working really yeah but people use that anyway in, neg in negative even for selling i mean there's certain chords that go together that they know they just draw people in you know there's certain notes that um that people have used to scare off spirits there's there's music has been attached to to absolutely everything um sound vibration has been attached to everything and, it, and it's it it has such a capacity to to help us to make a difference but when people talk about just singing lessons or music lessons we, we just brush it aside it's but look at all the ethnic countries like the africans when they're dancing they ain't just dancing that music the moves the beats the sounds all mean something it's not just a bunch of black people jumping around looking stupid that actually means something and it changes something and it moves something. And a lot of it is because those people believe that they have such a faith in what they're doing. Um, and I think maybe some of it comes down to that as well. People having faith in the fact that if we were going to get serious about how music works for the benefit of man, and um, people need to get serious about it and, and actually think about it and maybe um yeah stop those people that are using it in a negative way to use it in a negative way sound clash yay <laughs> sorry i just had a vision in my head <laughs> i love the way these conversations go just know it's going to go like this it's brilliant um <laughs> it's just so <laughs> So then it's, I'm just thinking while you were talking there, I was just thinking kind of, so what would be in it then for, for the listener or the viewer kind of um, obviously consuming this, this, um, this episode. And I think for me, one of the really interesting things is, is, is to be very kind of aware when you feel affected, as in affected, yes. as in altered in the yeah. moment of music. And so for me, a yeah. perfect example is if I'm watching or listening to David Gilmore, for example, playing guitar. Now, David Gilmore playing guitar, yeah, technically amazing, but there's something more, there's just something, those one or two notes that he can make last for, you know, yeah. seconds, whereas everybody else is playing, you know, it's like multiple riffs and like really, really playing fast. He'll play two, two single notes and he'll make them last. And you just think, oh, that's the moment. And so for me, that, that would be a, just a lovely example when you just think, hey, I've just been taken somewhere else, somewhere different. Yeah. So yeah. would you say that people really should then be kind of listening out when they listen to music rather than just thinking, hey, this is a nice song, actually trying to figure out well, why? Why is a certain song resonating with me? Is it the words? Is I it the key? So. Is it the, the energy? Is it the artist? Kind of what it's, it's really kind of properly listening to the music. I, I think people should. We haven't been taught this, um, but... Um, in other cultures, they have been taught to respect music and understand, and music is quite sacred. 
but not in this country and I don't understand why. So I think really and truly, you know, if people love music, to start getting into it, feel it, listen to it, absorb it, ingest it, play with it. When I, when I was little, I used to, I love classical music and I used to have two big monitors and I used to put them by my ear because we didn't have like everything kids have got today, right? Just two big speakers behind my, behind my ears. And I'd lie on the floor. And in those days I was dancing, I wasn't singing. So, and I was a brilliant dancer as well, but that's a whole nother story. Um, and so as I was listening to the classical music, I was choreographing dance routines in my head. That's how I would do it. But what I would do is actually as brain exercise, this is how crazy I am now. I would split up the sounds and follow like an instrument and then I'd follow another instrument. So I'd like go on this little musical journey of my own, but really get absorb and get into that music and feel it. And there's, you know, music anyway will make you laugh. It can make you cry. It can make you remember things, remember smells, remember sounds, remember people. Music has the ability to do all that, affect your brain in such a major way. I don't understand why we're not using it so much for medical purposes anyway. But I, and, and I don't understand why musicians don't know more than, they, more than they do, because I think we owe it to our listeners to give them the best of us, don't we, really? If we want to make a change and we want to make a good change in the world, then we have to do these things. And um, and I, and it does start with it all starts with the children. If we can help those those children to at least understand themselves, to understand the nature of themselves, and and the fact that they can do things because the sound doesn't it, it just doesn't um happen with just music or singing but talking for them to be able to express themselves to to move on in life so some of them are really quiet i guess really quiet girls that are amazing singers but they're, they're really shy to they can't talk or they can't function in the real world a lot of us can't because it, it, it's too daunting the real world well the non-singing world is different to the singers world so when we break, when we come into the, the non-singing world and we've got those skills and we've honed in on those skills, we become better people. We don't hide and we don't become shy and we don't become nervous to come out of our houses. We can embrace life because attached to being a singer is also the fame and that means um, you've got stalkers, you've got fans, you've got all this weird stuff going on around you that normal people don't have. People say to me, why don't you go out, kids? When I go out, people know that they, these strangers come up to me and sometimes I just don't, it, it, it's freaky. So, and it's not something you can, you can control and you don't want to upset those people either because people are your commodity. They buy your stuff. They, they buy into you as an artist. So I, I, I think with the kids that I try and teach them that you have a, a really important role in life, even though you think it's just singing. Somebody said to me the other day, yeah, it's just singing. And I said, all right, I'm going to put you to task. And um, I did. And the minute I did, he started freaking out. I said, see, there you go. <laughs> yeah. 
and you're a big person. It's like all the big bad boys that come in like all big and bad on top. Yeah, kids, I go around beat up. So, so yeah, I did this. So I could do that. All right, sing for me. And they run like little girls outside. And I love it. <laughs> Sorry. Kizzy is always in charge. If there's one thing you'll ever learn about Kizzy, Kizzy ultimately is always in charge. <laughs> I love my boys. I do. In fact, you know, boys work harder than girls. Girls stand around for ages flossing. <clears throat> and this is all to you girls. You need to sort it out. Is the flossing and the flirting and while the boys are practicing. And the boys do try really hard. I really do love working with men on the singing projects. In fact, it's quite a few projects actually. Girls are a bit different. They're a bit, um, yeah, um, you have to treat them differently. As long as you're honest and true, and as, as, um, as me and somebody with a set, with a responsibility, um, you, you've got to pr protect yourself and, and really, know the rules and, and set boundaries, but still be able to have a heart when they sat down crying, telling you one of their stories. That could be quite horrific. You can't sit there freaking out and all the rest, you, you have to listen and, and um, use what you have to help them come back to themselves. Does that make sense? So they don't, the artist doesn't lose themselves in their woes and their fears and all the rest of it. So you've got to just try and bring them back out of that. And it's a lot of work. I think uh, as from a coach's point of view, you're not just teaching someone to sing, you're taking on their life. Um, it's like having your own child. It's like raising a child. It is like pregnancy and raising a child. You go through all the drama and the trauma and the this and the that. And the best part is when they just blossom and their wings open and they're on stage and they're shining and they're singing perfectly and everybody's going, yeah, you go, yes, I've done my job. People are happy. I like happy people. I like people to be happy. I want the whole world to be happy. Yes. <laughs> Already. <laughs> it's like they will be happy if they engage with you. If they haven't already if they're not, found this, if they're not, you're going to make sure that they are. If they haven't <laughs> sort of found, um, found out about the project, they're not aware of the project, how do they kind of connect? Why would they find out more? Well, at the moment, we, we are actually changing. So this may be quite a good interview. Um, we are, they can contact me directly at kissingmorel um, at gmail.com. Because at the moment we're changing into a charity because we've been a non-profit organisation. I've been around for 20 years, so for a fair few years I was nothing. And then I decided to become a CIC. And now because things are getting a bit bigger, um, I'm becoming a charity. So that I can draw in some, some decent money. But I've got a load of people to deal with that because I don't really don't do money, Neil. I can't do it. So if you want to give me millions, that's fine. I can spend it on the kids, but I'm not begging. <laughs> I'm not begging. These kids deserve to be looked after and I'm not begging for it. So I've got a team to help on that sort of the money side while I do all the coaching and the inspirational work and all the good stuff because I just love those kids. I love them. I love them. What can I tell you? I love my world. 
music to me is so so important whether it makes me cry makes me laugh it makes me remember but it has its place in my life and i has its place in everybody else's life the key is to really listen is to use your ears and listen and you sometimes i can hear music and i know who which producer did it because it's got a feel it's got a, a taste to it you know and sometimes that's good that's cool when you recognize people's work like i know who did that um yeah i think to be creative is a very special gift and i don't think we should waste it and i don't think we should abuse it i think we should use it properly but you've got to find your own way people have got to find their own way how to open up those doors because it's not easy to open up yourself to everybody to the whole world to general public being a creative that is not easy because we don't as human beings we don't like to be looked down on or thought bad about or bullied or anything like that but we do it anyway so but <clears throat> so for an artist they have to where i come in building up their confidence build up a bit of a thicker skin so that they can handle and then that they have an outlet so they can they don't go crazy and start taking drugs and doing all the stupid things some artists do when they come on come under enormous pressure people don't realize the pressure behind the scenes they don't realize that there's pressure being a woman um people want to sleep with you or they bribe you or they blackmail you or they take all your money or there's loads of stuff that goes on behind the scenes that people don't see we work 24 hours a day seven days a week learning songs and just being who we are and then putting it on stage for other people to enjoy and benefit from and i think that's important and i think especially in times like this when everybody is a little bit worried a little bit concerned about what's happening to them their lives where they're going i think in times like this music creative works are fantastic people need people like us right now <laughs>